James chapter 2. Say, God is good. Let me start off by saying I appreciate you stopping what you're doing on Sunday. It is the Lord's Day. Coming into church to hear the Word of God, God will bless you for that. I think every one of us in this room realize that we're living in a very different world than we lived in 5, 10, 15 years ago. I woke up this morning, I, I turned, I was watching Andrew Womack for a few minutes. He said things I never thought I'd hear him say. I've always had talks with Andrew while he's not in the room, I'm talking about when he's preaching, I'm talking to him. I believe that the charismatic church has so overemphasized grace above truth. And it's a wild thing when Andrew Womack starts talking about condemnation. There is condemnation. There is judgment. There is. We're in a time right now when we need to come back and be doers of the Word of God and not just a hearer of it. And it's time for the church to rise up and start acting like Christians. Their standard changes. Ours doesn't. We've never gotten a revision to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and Romans, and Ephesians in 2,000 years. Something tells me there won't be a revision to it in the next 2,000 either. That means that you can pretty much count on it. So we're going to talk about faith, but we're going to talk about faith in action. I, I'm a faith man. I preach on faith. And um, I think sometimes we confuse people because faith is actually quite simple. As long as I've been pastoring, we've had people who come in and, and they attempt uh, to latch hold of what we preach, the faith message, and it doesn't seem to work very well for them. And, uh, of course, that creates a concern for me. I'm asking myself, are, 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 we not, are we not preaching it right? I think we are. Sometimes we overemphasize one area and not the other, and we need to come back and, and deal with the side of faith where faith actually is nothing more than acting like the Bible is true. That's all that it is. If you want to increase your faith, increase your obedience. I just need more faith. No, you just need more obedience. Okay. In the book of James, chapter 2, verse 14, there's a scripture here that seems contradictory to everything Paul preached, but I want to read it. I think it's time to, to come back and read the other side of this story. There's, there's, there's more to faith than, than, than what we, even what I've preached. It says, what does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith and not works? I thought we were saved by grace through faith, not of ourselves, not of works. Well, you are when you're talking about being born again. But faith, so the word works, and I'm going to jump way out ahead of me here. Is, letter, is really the word corresponding action. So let's read it that way. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says, I have faith but doesn't have a corresponding action? Can faith save him? No. The answer to that is no, it cannot. If you are a Christian and you're not walking and obeying the Bible, I question whether you're a Christian at all. There is no faith 
without obedience. Someone says, well, you know, my faith isn't working. Well, that's your fault. If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food and someone says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, and you don't give them the things they need for their body, what does it profit? Also, faith by itself, if it has not works or corresponding action, is dead. If, if your faith isn't producing obedience in you, you don't have any faith. That's what it just said. I'm just reading. Take it up with the author. If someone says, you have faith, I have works. Show me your faith without your works. I'll show you mine by my works. Can you see faith? Oh, you bet. I, listen, every one of y'all that got up this morning came to church, I'm, I can see you. The Bible says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves as the manner of some is. And you read that scripture and woke up this morning and said, let's go to church. There are others who didn't. And they're home wondering where God is. He's here with you. Are you all out there? Do you go home? You believe there's a God. I mean, I hate it when someone says, well, you need to believe in God. Hey, the devil believes in God. That's not a big deal. You do well. Even demons believe. Demons believe in Jesus. If, G- if believing in Jesus got you to heaven, every devil in hell would go, would go to heaven. But do you want to know, oh foolish man, that faith without a corresponding action is dead? It's, a, it's possible to have dead faith. Oh, Barbara, it's so quiet, but it's okay. You know, there's times church should be solemn. It's okay. It might get solemn, but it's okay. It's God. Was not Abraham our father made righteous by works when he offered Isaac? Now, you know that, that Paul said exactly the opposite. That Abraham was justified by faith. But faith in the finished work of Jesus. Not faith in self. But faith in the finished work of Jesus that doesn't change you is not faith at all. In other words, faith without acting on it is not faith. It's worthless. So whenever you're praying, God, why isn't this working? Ask this. What did you say about that in the Bible that I should be doing? God is not answering your prayer apart from you doing what he said. I'm going to come over here and preach. I know that. If there's extra seats next week, there will be. There's people who want the truth. I think it was Justin went to did, went in to go do it, went to the funeral with Ian they, last night, he got to stand up. Ryan, his good buddy, and mine now, he's been working on my truck. <laughs> if you hear my truck rumbling in about two weeks, you'll understand Ryan's been around. Um, went to the funeral. They asked Justin to stand up and speak and prayed with every person in the building to receive Jesus. There's people out there that want to know. Uh, and it's sad that they're locked in dead churches. 
We don't need dead churches and we don't need any more dead preachers. I'm a little on the other side. I'm just anti-dead. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness and he's called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by corresponding actions and not faith alone. Well, that sounds like. Now, when I said this a while ago, we've overemphasized grace. The Bible says grace and truth came through Jesus, not grace and grace. You see, we've preached a gospel, come to Jesus, go to heaven. That's not the gospel. Come to, come to Jesus, repent. Come to Jesus. Walk with God and go to heaven. That's the gospel. There should be a change. Now, I'm going to make a statement. I want you to think about what I'm fixing to say. My job is not, I'm not here to get prayers answered for you. My job is to teach you this so you can get your prayers answered. If your prayers aren't being answered, it's, the, the problem is in your bathroom mirror. Now, we don't like to hear that. I mean, we want to hear, we don't, but nobody wants to hear, this just might not be, it might be me. It, it just might be. I didn't say that you were being bad. You might just be ignorant. But, you, but are you ignorant by choice? Have you chosen ignorance? Because God knows it. Okay. Likewise was not Rahab the harlot made righteous by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way. For the body without the Spirit's dead in faith, without corresponding actions, it's dead too. Dead faith won't get you anywhere. Now, Listen, listen to what I'm going to say right now. Just, we've got to change scriptures here. Many of you are praying for God to do some things. But he's praying for you to do some things. So I'm going to tell you a story right now that, to, to, to get you to understand this. We have an idea in, in church Christianity that we come to God Oh, God, heal me. God, finally up in heaven, gets tired of hearing you pray if you wear him out. And he finally looks at Gabriel and says, just go down there and pour some healing oil on them or something and get them healed. And then if we just pray long enough and hard enough, he'll just do it. Well, what are we going to do with what he told you to do? Are you asking him to violate the word? I, um, I tell you the story all the time, and it bears repeating. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to tell you nothing. I'm not going to go into great detail, but I'm going to tell you the story. When I was got, first got born again, and I was, went, God got, a, got me a job at CertainTeed, and one day I was praying for, I needed money. I need money. So I'm asking God to get me money. I'm thinking that I'm going to pray, God, get me some money. Somehow or another, he's going to arrange something where someone either gives me some money or something happens and I just get more money. That's kind of just very 
denominationally stupid prayer. That's what that was. But I didn't know. I'm, I'm, I just got saved. I don't know anything. So the Lord said to me, he says, I guess you think I lied. And that was when I make a joke and I said, I think God's got a feminine side. Because I'm talking to him about one thing and he's answering and I'm going, well, that's not even the subject we're on. Some of the men in here went, <laughs> I got that. Okay. All the women are going, what did he say? Okay. Now, I, I said, God, I need money. And he said, I guess you think I lied. And I went, we're not, we're not talking about lying. And I slowed my prayer down so that God would get it. God, I said I need money. And he said, I guess you think I lied. And I went, no, I didn't say anything about lying. I didn't say anything about lying. Long story short, he, he said to me, what's Luke 6.38 say? See, the problem was that I need God to give me money. The problem was is that God needed to get me to obey. Now, when he told me that my broke self needed to give more, I told him that he was crazy. Now, you can get away with that when you first get saved. Don't, don't do it later. But I said, I said, you're crazy. I didn't say I need to give money. I said I need to get money. He said, so you called me a liar. And I went, Shonda. Now, the problem with that, in order for me to do that scripture, I would have to trust him. In my mind, if you have a hundred and you're tithing ten and he wants another ten, I have less money. That's just logical. But he said, give more. And I said, that's nuts. <laughs> have you ever been there? You're like, yes. I want you to think about the children of Israel. God says, I want you to take Jericho. Well, how are we going to do it, God? Oh, just shout it down. And we would have gone, <laughs> you've lost your mind. Since when does counting it all joy have anything to do with my health? Everything to do with your health. If you're sad, you don't have any faith. So back to my story, I... I'm George, I was raised in Georgia, and I, and I grew up with, you know, we, had, we did this when we were kids. When you want to fight, you draw a line in the dirt. And you tell your opponent, step over it if you want a piece of me. I asked God, I said, are you drawing a line in the dirt? He said, I am. I said, are you challenging me? He said, I am. I said, you're on. You want to fight? I'll fight you. And I put an extra $5 in the offering. Now, y'all now y'all think, five bucks. hey, you make $125 a week. You're tithing and gas. You, you're, you're making about 80 take home, and you haven't even been to McDonald's where you could get a burger, a fry, and a drink for a dollar and change back. $5 was a lot of money then. And for me to give it to a fat preacher 
who eats ice cream when he gets home, and I can't even go to McDonald's. That, is, that was hard to do. But I did it. I, I did it. I did it. And the next week, I made 50 extra dollars. And I went, Shonda. <laughs> Let me say something else to y'all. The tithing is the elementary kindergarten foundation of whether you think God's a liar or not. Amen. Well, I don't have any money. You will never have any money. Thank you. Because if you don't have faith, God isn't moving in your life. He isn't moving in your life. He wasn't moving in mine. I don't care how much I prayed. But the minute I did what he said, you obligate him. He now, his name is on the line. He must do what he said. Now, see, we have a problem with Abraham and God looking at him and saying, take that son of yours up on the mountain and kill him. You, you can't handle Eastern religion. God's not an American. He doesn't read the new American Standard Bible either. He's, he's just not American. God is, what is, is an Eastern blood covenant man, and he understands covenant. God demands obedience. Well, is faith hard? If you're not acting on the Word of God, you don't even have any. There's no such thing as I'm sitting around and believing God. He only moves when you move. Go to Luke 5. Go to Luke 5. Turn to your neighbor and say, you need to shout a little bit because uh, you don't want him to keep going like this all day. All right, hallelujah. Luke 5. Let's go to Matthew, Mark, Luke. Five seventeen. I think that's right. It happened a certain day. He was teaching. There was a Pharisee and teacher of the law sitting by who came out of every town of Galilee, Judea, Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal him. Did you notice that the power of God was there? Well, we're going to read here, only one guy got healed. God and the power of being here has nothing to do with whether you get anything or not. I've been in some powerful meetings. I'm going to tell you another story in a minute. I'm going to tell you another story whether you like it or not, so you might as well say amen. <laughs> and behold, a man was brought on a bed who was paralyzed, and they sought to bring him in and lay before him Jesus. And when they couldn't find how they might bring him in, because of the crowd, they went on the housetop, let down the bed through the roof, and when he saw their what? Faith. Faith. Uh, well, he's just spiritual. He's not being spiritual at all. Honey, Whenever you rip a roof off and drop a, a, a guy down in front of you on four ropes, that's obvious the guy believes he's going to get healed. Amen. Now, listen to me. When someone gives an altar call and you sit there trying to figure out whether you want to go to heaven or hell, stay seated. 
When God gives you a chance to move, move, baby, move. God always requires you to be doing something. And he's going to require you to do it before you see it. Just out of faith. God told Abraham, leave Ur of the Chaldees and go to a land I'm going to show you. Where? Get up and start walking. Where is it? Start walking. And I'll show you when you get there. Some of y'all are like, I ain't going to do that. That's why I'm preaching and you're sitting. Everything God's ever said to me required me to get up and obey him, and I had no idea where I was going and what I was doing. I'm working in Athens, Georgia. God got me a job at certainty, told me, man, don't work, don't eat. Got me a job. I'm making good money. And one day he said, go to Tulsa. That's all he said. What else? That's all he said. I ended up having to go to my boss and quit my job, believe God for a U-Haul truck, and go west. Where? I have absolutely no idea. Where are you going to work? I don't know. How are you going to make a living? I don't know that either. Do you understand that before God puts you in a pulpit, he's going to test your faith? And then one day after I've been there at Ramah for three years, two years at school, one year out not in school, he said, go to Orlando. What else did he say? That's it. And I came here. And I got me a job, and I started working with Tom, and I knew nothing else. Oh, you people who have, God's told you this and that and this and that. No, he didn't. He will never tell you anything except the next step, and it will always be nuts. What are you doing? I don't know. Obeying God. I'm preaching better than y'all, amen, but that's all right. I'm going to, I got 30 more minutes. Just sit down and enjoy yourself. <laughs> and he saw their faith, and he said, you're a man, your sins are forgiven you. That was his problem. And the scribes of the Pharisees began to reason, how can you do that? You can nobody forgive them. And he says, but which is easier to say your sins are forgiven, you'll rise and walk. The man that you may know, the Son of Man, has power on earth to forgive sins. He said, take your bed and get up. Now, he, he could have said, I'm crippled, dummy. Why do you think they dropped me down in ropes? <laughs> I mean, it's quite obvious I can't walk. Why do you think I'm laying here in a bed with four ropes and guys up on the top? I mean, like, I came in here for you to heal me. And Jesus said, go home. I have a news for you. God is not changing. Amen. He never has and he never will. He will always ask you to step out with nothing under your feet but the word. Amen. That's called the life of faith. Yeah. 
and it'll look like it'll be the death of you. If I do that, that's crazy. I know God has a sense of humor. I asked him one time, he says, I have a sense of humor. And I said, how do I know? He says, look in the mirror. (laughs) I thought, that's not funny. He thought, I thought it was. (laughs) Go Go back to James 1, 22. I'm 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 going to I'm teaching you this because so often people are sitting around and they tell me they're waiting on the Lord and nothing's happening. And I'm going to tell you this, you're not waiting on God. And then you're mad because he hasn't answered your prayer in the middle of your disobedience. The problem's in the mirror. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the person's creating my fall? Answer me, for I can see that the only one in this mirror is me. I just made that up. I thought that's pretty stinking good. You know what I mean? That's pretty good. I've never said mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the handsomest of them all, because I really don't want to hear it. (laughs) Don't ask questions you don't want answers to. James chapter 1, verse 22. Let's read 21. Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your soul and be a doer of the word and not a hearer only, deceiving who? Yourself. You say, I don't like where I am. You've got changing to make. God does not work at McDonald's in the drive-thru window. I'll take one healing, one Holy Spirit, and two blessings and a word from the Lord. I was in Haiti, and I was doing a Bible school down there. And um, I told Faith uh, Frederick, I said, you know, what they did was they went out in the street and got a bunch of street kids and brought them into Bible school. These kids are preaching a a, a little bit of Baptist, a little bit of Charismatic, a little Pentecostal, and a little bit of witch doctor. And half of them aren't even born again. So I got up and, and I taught on redemption. And at the end of my class, I led them all in a prayer to be born again. They're in Bible school for Pete's sake. They're not even a Christian. (laughs) Then I led them to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, I want you to understand something. I'm going to say this. God hadn't saved anybody in 2,000 years. Did you know that? We say, well, people got saved. Well, no, they received salvation. Jesus finished his work and sat down, and he hasn't even gotten up from his chair. And he hasn't healed anybody in 2,000 years either. And he hasn't filled anybody with the Holy Ghost in 2,000 years either. Well, see, it's awfully quiet in this Baptist church, but listen to me. He said, you go into all the world and preach good news of what I did. 
Now, I'm there in Haiti, and I preached what Jesus did, and they received it. Then I preached on the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and then I, I, you know, I knew they weren't going to get it. So I pulled a $20 bill out. Now, $20 is a month's wages in Haiti. It's a lot of money. And I'm up in the front, and I pulled a 20 out, and I said, who wants this? Not a person said a word. They don't want to look like an idiot for me to, to them, this is not a joke. Don't, don't play with me. Nobody in their right mind gives a month's wages away. I said, who wants this? Nobody said a word. So I walked back, and I'm talking for a minute, and I said, who wants this? Finally, some girl sitting right there, she went, I do? I said, okay. And I handed her the money. And when I turned around and walked away, I turned to the young men that were here and I said, y'all think I'm going to go get that money back, don't you? And they said, yes. I said, I'm not. And they went berserk because I walked by them with it to get to someone else. And they're thinking, I could have had $20. (laughs) And I asked them, I said, do you think I did that because she's good? I said, I don't know. I said, I didn't do that because she's good. I did that because I'm good. I said, God wants to give you the Holy Ghost, not because you're good, but because he's good. Fifty-two Haitians jumped up and started speaking in tongues. They just, they, they said, you're not walking by me again, and I don't take it. One man in the back of the room was sitting there looking at me. And he prayed the prayer, but nothing happened. And I, I, I couldn't get to him, but I could hear him thinking, why did God not fill me? Are y'all listening to me? 52 got it, 51 didn't. Why did God pass him? God didn't. I'm, I'm trying to get you to think. 52 took it. One did not take it. 52 started talking in tongues, though they couldn't. Never mind. Because when I prayed with them, I said, now everybody start talking in tongues. And 52 began a language they had never heard before. They had never spoken a word in tongues. But yet when I said, Phil, they, they acted as though what I prayed was so. But one didn't. He's waiting on God. I'm preaching this today because there's too many of you are waiting on God. You're not waiting on God. Go to God and go, what scripture do you expect me to be acting on right now for the thing I'm praying about? There will always be a requirement laid on you because faith without a corresponding actions is dead faith. All right, I'm going to give you one right now. Let's let's just dive into this a little more. Y'all ready to go? Well, I believe I'm healed, right? Well, 
What does the Bible say? Count it all what? Joy. Joy. What do healed people act like? Heavenly Father, you know, I'm just standing on the word. No, you're not. I'm believing you, God. No, you're not. You're a liar. I'm oh, God, I'm just standing on the word, confessing the word. You better get out of that chair and dance, you numb nut. Well, I'm getting brutal. I'm sorry. I need to back up a little bit. That was too much. Go and wash. He told a blind man who can't see to go to the other side of a city and he can't see and wash in a pool. He can't see in order to see. Why would he be so brutal? Well, it didn't cost him anything. He just needed to kind of go, let's find somebody and go, take me to the pool of Siloam. The man said to go, listen, never mind. Is this too much? You want me to quit? I'll go home. We'll just. Adam and Eve did not trust what he said. Most Christians don't believe a thing he says. God, now I'm I'm a praying for my healing. I'm a praying. I'm a praying and I'm a praying. Well, why don't you stop? He heard you. Honey, he already heard you. The first 5,000 times you ask him. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you that when I prayed, you heard me. <laughs> Glory, Jesus said, Lord. Hallelujah. Healed people are happy people. Healed people have joy. Healed people do not walk around looking like they've been sucking lemons. If your leg is broke, jump on the other one. Well, I'm preaching, but listen, listen. You can be pitiful or powerful, but you won't be neither. You're not going to be. You, no, you won't. I, I just want everybody to know what I'm going through. Well, good luck with that. You know why I don't tell you when I'm sick? I don't want you in agreement with it. Have you heard pastor sick? You think he'll live? We're not quite sure. <laughs> Jesus is Lord. <laughs> but listen to these scriptures. Draw nigh. Sounds like action. Build yourself up. Sounds like action. Resist the devil. Sounds like action. Go to Hebrews 11. Oh, Jesus is Lord. Say, my best days are ahead. All right, now here's my word for you from the Lord. Act like it. Amen. Come on. Amen. 
Start acting like God is a good God. God is a good God. He's a good God. <laughs> he loves me. He forgave me. He has redeemed me. He is Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now read this. Without faith, it is not possible to believe, to, to please God. He that comes to God must believe that he is, and he is what? A rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You ain't looking for him. He ain't in your life. Where's the Lord? Well, he's at my house. He don't go to everybody's house. He ain't in everybody's church either. Does diligently sound like action word to you? I'm going to make a statement to you. You, you. Do you really want things to get better? You might want to get real diligent. There is nothing you've ever done outside of obeying God that ever did you any good. That dumb job you have that's wearing you out 11 hours a day, seven and a half days a week, and killing you and everybody in the family is not putting you over. You're in debt when you started. You're in debt now. You were messed up then. You'll be messed up now. Honey, you better take a day off and get in church and get in the presence of God. And you'd better get in the Word of God and start seeking God and start drawing near to God. Start resisting the devil and start obeying the Word of God and find out what he said. Or he ain't going to help you with nothing. He'll leave you alone and let you struggle. I, I, I just don't understand what's going on. I don't either. God, I'm a trying to quit. L listen to this. By faith, Enoch was taken away. He didn't see death because it had this, this, this testimony. He pleased God. By faith, Noah built an ark. By faith, Abraham obeyed. By faith, Sarah received. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and said, get my body out of here when they come get me. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying. By faith, Moses was hidden three. By faith, by faith, he forsook Egypt. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell. By faith, Rahab the harlot said, I ain't sticking around here anymore. And by faith, every one of these people did something to get the attention of God. Now, I want you, I'm going to try to close. I'm, I, I really, I really am. I really am. But I want you to imagine this. The prophet comes to your house, and you're an old woman, and he says, you bake me a cake. And she said, I only have enough meal for one cake for me and my boy, and they're going to eat it, and then we're going to die. And that's not a lot of cake. I said, you make me one. And she goes, does CNN know about this? Preacher steals old woman, last dollar. 
I mean, you, you have to stop and think about that for a minute. I mean, that's pretty bad. He's already been eating steak by the creek bank that the ravens have been stealing from Herod's plate. And he comes up there. He already had a meal that morning. And he took that old woman's last dollar. And she did it. You know what happened. Then he goes to another woman's house and said, she said, they're coming to get me and my boy. We're going to be slaves forever. He said, now you go and borrow vials from all your neighbors. You know that's stupid. And not a few. Now, now, now. What do you need, Ruth? I need some um, cans and buckets and anything else you have. Why? Well, the prophet's going to take my little bit of oil and fill all of them up. Get out of here. <laughs> you fruit cake. You go to that church down there in Word of Life. Now, you a nut. Yes, I do. That's right. You have lost your ever-loving mind. You are crazy as a coot. And nobody in their right mind going to take a little bit of oil and fill up all your buckets. You want to hear another one? Jesus gets invited to a wedding. And up until now, ain't nobody ever seen him do a miracle. He ain't never done no miracle. He looks at the servants and says, they out of wine. Fill all those. Listen, the, 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 the jars were that big. They, they held 150 gallons of water, hundred, go fill them up with water. I ain't filling no water. They need wine, you goofy thing. I am not going to go down all the way in the town, fill up that jug, bring it back here, and give it to you. I ain't, don't you, don't, you go to that same church. You are lost your mind. You are crazy. And then he prayed. You know what it was when he prayed? Water. Now take it to the head. And he went, ha, this is going to be good. Someone's head's going to roll. Hands it to the guy, and as it hit his lips. That's good wine. And the turbot's going, hey, we know something you don't know. I'm going to ask you all a question. Why does God do this? Because he's God. And he can. Because that's the way he operates. He looks out at blackness and goes, Son, become. And it happens and he goes, that's cool. And then after he makes us, he goes, I'm going to teach you to do that. And we're like, well, I'd rather go to Walmart and just get a light bulb. <laughs> I'm doing the best. I'm, I'm, I'm pouring my heart out to you. I, I am pouring. I'm pouring my heart out to you. This is what God requires. He requires faith in his word. He requires it. When he said it, you look at it and go, hmm, okay. 
That's nuts. Let's go. Makes all the difference in the world. It'll make a broke man a millionaire, make a sick man well. Take a bad marriage and make it heaven on earth. Take a drug addict and turn him into a man of God. But it'll always be by faith. And it'll always require you to act before he even shows up. Isn't that good? Now, now let, me, let, me make, let me make a statement about me. Do I like this? No. No, I don't. Because everything he's ever asked me to do has been nuts. I walked on this land, six acres. He said, buy it. I had $2,000 in the bank. And we needed every dime of that for we. I was supernaturally broke. God said, buy it. And I went, okay, how shall we do this? And I looked at the real estate agent and said, I'll take it. And I'm going, right. You're, oh, boy. People say to me all the time, how you feel? None of your business. (laughs) If I went by the way I felt, I would have not got out of bed. (laughs) Say ha, ha, ha. Hey, devil. Ha, ha, ha. Let's go back to this one scripture. Count it all joy. Can Can you at least begin right there? Because, I mean, some of y'all's faces really would. You don't need Botox. You need a smile. <laughs> if you only knew what I was going through, go through it. Yea, though I go through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm trying to quit. I really am. What am I doing? Philippians 4.4, Rejoice. In the Lord. How often? Always. Real good place to begin. If God answered your prayer, start this morning by at least acting like what he told you is true. Get a smile on your face. Get some joy back in your life and go, Father, I don't have a care in the world. I've looked at circumstances that I thought was going to bury me. Ha, ha, ha. I give this to you, God, and starting now, I will be happy. You a good time for you to say amen right there. You missed it. Just totally missed it. <laughs> Y'all ready to pray? Say, Father, forgive me for doubt and unbelief. Let me stop my prayer right now. Doubt and unbelief, the definition of doubt is unpersuaded to act. That's all doubt is. God said something, and you went, "Uh -uh." (laughs) uh-uh. That's all doubt is. God said it, and you went, no. Is there a game plan, too? No, there isn't. Okay, let's go back to my prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, forgive me for doubt and unbelief. 
I will seek you. I will draw near to you. I will be diligent to find out what you said I need to be doing. I know that when I do what you said that you'll do what you said. I know now you're waiting on me. I thank you. The ball's in my court, but I am a doer of the Word of God and not a hearer only. I am a man or a woman. If that confuses you, ask your neighbor of faith. <laughs> I got one more story if y'all want to hear it. I was listening to T.L. Osborne this week, and he was talking about having a crusade in Africa. And he's up there standing on the platform, and he's looking at an elderly man that came in with crutches. And he'd been in crutches for a long time. It was obvious. And he stopped his preaching, and he looked at that man and said, in a minute, when I give an altar call, I want you to pray the sinner's prayer and ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. And the man is looking at T.L. and going, okay. And then when I pray for the sick, throw your crutches down and run. And he went back to preaching. How many of y'all would have the backbone to look at someone and go, you might want to dance. You might want to get a big smile on your face right now. Just get a big smile on your face. I've had the most miserable days of my life. God changed it when I just laid in the bed and laughed when I felt like crying. The world's on my shoulders and there's not a thing I can do. God, ha, ha, ha. I can at least obey. Count it all joy. And I will. And I will give this to you. And I refuse to touch it. I'm going to act like what you said is true. Say, that's pretty good preaching for a young man. The young parent is what I want to do. Father God, thank you this morning. Everybody walked in this room. I preach on faith all the time. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I'm guilty. My greatest desire is to see victory everybody's life in this church. I pray for the sick to be totally healed. I pray for the marriages to come back together. I pray for teenagers to get off of drugs and come home. We're just going to require some action on our part. I pray that when I walk out of this church today that everybody in this room walks out of here today and goes, I got that. I got that. My days of worrying and fretting are over. I'm going to start doing what you said. And I'm going to begin with just me. In Jesus' name. You got this? Amen. We want to remind everybody that we have the flyers for Kevin and Annie Durant. They're going to be doing another healing service. Invite people. People want healing. Lots of people do. The multitudes came to Jesus for what? To be fed and to be healed. And so I've already had so many people tell me they want to come because they want healing. And so um, grab a flyer on the way out. And um, I want to tell you, like he's saying, last night I took time out of my day to go to a funeral that I got invited to. And I wasn't even the preacher. 
I don't even know what this I was. I walked in with the Bible, and the man looked at me and said, from the funeral director, he goes, are you the pastor for today? I said, not, I'm not, but I am a pastor, and I'm here. Well, there wasn't even a pastor at all. And so I love something Frank told me. He said, God preordained, Ephesians 2.10, that you would be there and ha- that you would walk in the good works which he preordained beforehand. God has preordained for you to be places. You are not the woman with the issue of blood trying to get something from Jesus. You are the garment of Jesus. You are Jesus' hands and feet. You are supposed to be walking around. If you want people saved, you're going to go get them saved. If you want people born again, it's going to be you. If people are going to get healed, it's going to be you going and doing it. If people are coming to church, you're going to go get them and bring them in. Pastor and I are not going to go do it for you. We're to equip you. And so I'm tired of waiting on God. I think that's the same thing that happened to T.L. Osborne and Smith Wigglesworth. You get tired of waiting on God, so I'm just going to go do something. And Smith Wigglesworth said, I'm tired of waiting on God. I'm going to go move him. And so last night we go to this funeral, and all I did was tell him, John 3, 16, God loves you. This is the condemnation that, that Jesus actually paid your debt and that most people are with the damnation already because they don't know Jesus yet. But Romans 10 says that if you believe in the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. If you receive it, confess it with your mouth, believe it with your heart. And I said, if you want to see Ian again, I got invited. And in the end, they just said, would you just come up and share what happened? I said, I'm just going to tell the testimony. They said, it's going to be very informal. We don't want a whole lot of formalism. I don't really care what they say. I'm coming. I'm going to preach. You know what I mean? You invite me there. I'm coming. I'm going to talk. And finally, they just said, let, let the pastor get up, speak, and then pray. And, you know, a lot of it was very sad, but at the end, I got up and I told the story, and I said, this is, this is how it is. If you want to see him, I told him about Jesus. Jesus paid your debt. Jesus redeemed you. He bought you back. Jesus walked in the slave market of Satan, and he paid infinite for you. He paid his own blood. He paid the value of deity, the value of God. He overpaid. He paid billions and billions and billions and trillions of dollars for, for a small, for a debt that was probably, let's say, $100, $50, or whatever, the debt of sin took it for you. But you have to receive them. And it's easy. If, if 50 people last night prayed with me. It, if I didn't show up, it wouldn't have happened. If Ryan hadn't opened the door, it wouldn't have happened. Ryan's been a great salvation friend. He, he just opens the door and says, Justin, get them all saved. And I just walk in and do it. <laughs> but we go, you got to go do it. it you're, you need to learn how to do it. And so, but my question is, is that there are some of you, maybe some of you here, if you never received Jesus, receive him. It's the best thing that you'll ever have. It's Jesus coming in. It's so much peace. I remember when Ian, uh, I told this to his mom. I said, when, when I prayed with Ian to receive Jesus, he said he slept like a baby. So much peace. And the family last night had so much peace because they know Ian is with the Lord. And his mom says that they're coming. They're going to come to church. And so if you have Jesus, he is the Prince of Peace. As my altar workers stand up. A lot of times we go over this because what? I'm wanting you to get what I'm saying. I'm going to tell you the same things a hundred times so that you can go out and do it. Because I want to hear you guys going to funerals and places and getting people saved. You praying for the sick. You are the hands of Jesus. You are not looking for a healing. I'm tired of standing at the Burger King window asking God for two healings, a couple prosperities, and, uh, and whatever else I need from him that day. I'm just tired of waiting on him. I'm going to go do something. And you know what? If I mess up, who cares? Every time I got on a bike as a kid, you mess up until you get it right. Come in all bloody, bruised up. Well, I'm a terrible bike rider today, but within a few weeks, I was actually riding, and then I started jumping jumps, and then, you know, you fall and do that, but you keep going, right? You just talk to people. People are waiting. So if you don't know the Lord, come up. 
Someone's going to pray with you. If you need prayer for any other thing, someone is going to pray with you. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big give now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.